After Alderaan, I'm Caroline Guthrie. And I'm Meg Fariello. And we're back, baby! We we're had, back! <laughs> we had a little bit of an unplanned hiatus due to health, yeah. coughing, traveling, working. Yeah, it's just kind of all fell. It all went crazy. So, but we are ready with fresh eyes, totally rested, here to tackle Ambush at Corellia. By yeah, finally. Ro- Roger McBride Allen, the latest installment in our journey through the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I had not read this one before. I think I started. I don't think I finished it. Like, the scenes in the beginning with the kids and the, like, droid are familiar to me. But where this book went. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, my. No idea. My encounters with the Star Wars Expanded Universe were so haphazard. Like, if I had known that this book was out there, I would have looked for it because I was really interested in Jason and Jaina in particular. So I would have wanted to see this version of them because it's a different age than any other books. And I think, so I was trying to figure out a sort of, like, non-diegetic timeline. Yeah. Of these books, this is written in 95, which I would have pegged this as a little bit like later, but no, it, it comes out in 95, which is the same year that the Jedi Academy trilogy comes out. And so we can talk more about this as we get into the plot and, and how these characters sort of used in this book, but it does seem like they maybe didn't quite have a map of who the solo kids. Yeah, are. like there's some stuff and it's also and so 1994 so crystal star was 1994 and right this is nineteen ninety five. crystal star like thinking back on it now from this perspective where we are in this podcast like crystal star i think solidifies way more about these kids than maybe any book yeah and read so he, far. roger mcbride uh alan does name uh vonda mcintyre she's one of the people he thanks yeah in the beginning he thanks yeah. kevin j anderson vonda mcintyre kathy tires dave wolverton and timothy zahn so yeah. and kathy tires we've read did she write some story yeah she was i think in yeah. both tales collections but we haven't read a novel we will get to her novels yeah. eventually um but yeah, so this is very early on in the expand, like right as it's sort of like blossoming. Yeah, it's <laughs> really right out. when everything, and it does seem to continue our theory that the people at Lucasfilm sort of got this idea of like, we need to build an expanded universe and commissioned yeah. a bunch of different authors because in right, his, in his authors, yeah. thanks area, he does thank uh, specifically someone at Lucasfilm for thinking he was the right person for this project. So yeah. I continue to wonder how detailed of a, a proposal they were given right like yeah i i mean they must have been given like because there are some things that are very um like the he talks about like mar jade who i like would not have thought would have shown up in this book no it's a weird shows fit. Up in this book um mar jade shows up you know they talk about um 
you know, some of the stuff that happened in the Timothy Zahn trilogy, he picks up on some of the stuff that happens in the Kevin J. Anderson, but nothing in a way that makes you think that he read no. his books necessarily, which I think is not a bad thing. I think I enjoyed this book, you know, way more than I enjoyed <laughs> the Zahn trilogy. You can come at me. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. But like, but I, you know, and there are, we will talk about issues in this book, but I, but overall, it seemed like a very, in this, in a different style, but in a similar way that I felt about Crystal Star, there's sort of like a freshness to this that is not in a lot of the Kevin Day Anderson. Yeah, uh, it does feel like a unique voice in a lot of ways. So, I mean, it was, it was yeah. interesting. So I guess we should try to do our little, our usual kind of beat by yeah, beat. Yeah, and this book also, which I cannot stress enough, is only 300 pages long. So short compared to what we've been it is. It is really nice. It's a nice, easy, it's a light read. It's, it felt like I flew, it's like a beach read. It keeps like you I engaged. You can really move yeah. through it. If you're, if you have like a snowy day this winter and you just want to like curl up by the fire with a Star Wars book, like this yeah, is this a is good like one. I highly recommend. Yeah. Um, and you know, I know it seems like we talk about that a lot, but. But, you know, it really does affect your reading. Yeah, at no point did I feel punished by this book. I didn't do the, like, flipping forward. I wasn't doing the mental math of, like, halfway, two-thirds, (laughs) three-quarters. This is what I was doing all through Toronto. I find myself doing sometimes. So that was, it was, it was definitely, it was readable. It was not overlong. You know. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about yeah. So okay. it starts off with so this is how many years after sixteen, fifteen, sixteen years after Jedi. Yeah, this so, Jason yeah. and Jason and Jaina are eight. Uh, so. I thought they were ten and they're eight, and Anakin is like oh, they're six. eight. And Anakin's six. Okay, it's been uh four years since since Jedi Academy. It's Five been years. it's been six years since Jedi Academy. Oh, that's right. Okay. Oh, it's been like Six years since Jedi it's been Academy. five and a half years since Jedi I Academy. Uh, to talk about that it's Jedi been, Academy. I guess twelve years since the Battle of okay. Yavin. The Battle of uh, or no, since the Battle no, of Endor. Battle of Endor. Yeah, it's been twelve years yeah. since the second Death Star. Okay, so I, that's where we are. Yeah, <laughs> in time we're out. So there seems to be like a discussion of like this is pretty much a kind of peaceful. As yeah. As it can get There's, in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, so, I mean, and as, like, the status quo of the expanded universe is really sort of comfortably set at this point. So, the Jedi Academy is up and running. Leia is chief of state of the New Republic. Han yeah. has nothing to do. <laughs> his life is twiddling his thumbs, in. waiting for something to happen. <laughs> Um, so, and I mean, that's really where we, we pick up. So, yeah. Han Man. is just like tinkering on the Millennium Falcon because they're going to take it as their, as their ship on Leia's diplomatic sort of trade summit at Corellia. And they're like, let's turn it into a family vacation. We'll bring the kids to Corellia. Um, <laughs> it's a real sort of Johnny Quest move on Leia's yeah, part. Because while they're Han and Chewie are working on the Falcon, they're being watched by a probe droid. Yeah. And they um, get approached by a CIA spook, essentially. Yeah, she works she works for the New Republic as sort of like a agent. Yeah. Um and she's like, Hey, you know, our our inf- I don't know if I'm going to get this right. <laughs> this is what confused me about the book. 
she comes up to him and is like, hey, there's like stuff going down on Corellia that's like kind of, you know, getting heated. Um, you know, it's sort of a dangerous situation. I know you're taking your family there, but like still go because I need you to distract. Yeah, she says. In order for us to sort of like complete our. She says, like, we've been, we've been sending agents to Corellia to try to figure right, out what's, what's going on yeah. because Corellia is apparently very secret. They just sort of like close themselves off from the galaxy. Yeah, and they've always been there. Like, you know. They've always been cagey like that. the Empire. Yeah. And they said, like, we keep. And she said, like, basically, we keep sending agents to Corellia and they disappear. Like, we can't get any information right. in and out of Corellia. So, like, you should still totally go to the trade summit. Right. Take your kids and just right. act like really stupid and suspicious while you're there. And that right. way I can do clandestine stuff without being right. noticed because they'll be paying attention to you. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I can handle that. <laughs> Should I mention this conversation to my wife? No. No. You know, I, yeah, it's really dangerous. I like, she explicitly said, like, you probably shouldn't go, but like, It'd be great if you did. Yeah, I, I personally would prefer that you do go. And, like, your kids probably aren't going to be in any real danger. Like, they get into plenty of trouble on their own, so yeah. whatever. <laughs> <Book starts. laughs> also, I would just like to note that her name is Belindy Kalinda. Yeah. And I like it. It's got a Harry yeah. Potter name feeling to me. Yeah, his names are like I feel like kind of fanciful in a way that yeah, I, B- Belindy Kalinda is a very it's, it it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah, Belindy Kalinda. Um, and so yeah, Belindy Kalinda, and so then she's off. also on her secret mission to Corellia. Meanwhile, Jason and Jaina and Anakin are getting up to mischief, and this is where we get a lot of Anakin as sort of like a force baby Jesus, like yeah, and like everyone talks about or like things sort of narrates he's a weirdo yeah this kid is <laughs> bizarre like no <laughs> nobody's screening him for like developmental issues which seems to be like the most appropriate reaction if you yeah. are this troubled by a child's completely bananas behavior like if star wars was a horror movie this would be the kid who is yeah. transparently just like possessed oh standing boy, at yeah. the end of the hallway staring <laughs> at a blank staring. wall talking to imaginary friends who tell him all sorts of accurate information you know yeah he's the universe is just really... whispering to him all the time and the only people who have noticed are jason and jada who are like well yeah. that's anakin he's crazy weird but well like jade Jason thinks, I think multiple times throughout this book, is like, I bet everyone just has a weird brother. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, this is beyond, this like. It's not normal. <laughs> beyond him, like, wearing the same, like, you know, Halloween costume every day for a year. <laughs> like, it's a little bit. It's, He's a little bit beyond that. Out there. Um, and at one point, Leia explicitly says that, like, kids are, which, I mean, this is something, obviously, he didn't talk about this detail with Kevin J. Anderson. I don't think he knows that they sent the kids to a planet for years by themselves. Um, but Leia says, like, oh, well, kids are supposed to be immune from the influence of the dark side because their force abilities don't come out until they're a little bit older. Yeah. Um, but, like, her kids' how. force abilities are just off and popping nonstop. Yeah. And they do some yeah. pretty impressive force stuff in really here. Do, yeah. So, and they're just, they get, there's a lot of, implication i feel like you are this book i do feel like has a big problem with like telling not showing we get told a lot how sort of mischievous and troublemakery 
the kids yeah, are. Yeah, I don't see it really that much. But they're, so we were introduced to them in this book and they're um, trying to fix up a droid. They want to build a droid to do work for them. What work? I do not know. It's unclear. And it seems to me like the way it's discussed in the book, an ongoing problem that the children are just like too reliant on droids. Yeah, well, it's certainly introduced, but then it's it, it's kind of dropped yeah. after they go to Corellia. I think it's a good way to get 3PO and R2 out of the <laughs> Yeah, that does that does help. Because <laughs> um, um, they end up not taking them to Corellia. So Even though 3PO, last we checked, was the only one who could raise these children. So Right, so I don't know. But you know, in this book, just... it's really like Luke is stepping in and filling 3PO's role of raising the children. So the kids try to build a droid, and they blow it up. And Luke yeah. is the one who catches them, and he doesn't, like, discuss it with their parents at all or anything. He just, like, deals with it himself, and he's the one who, you know, chooses what their consequences will be. And, right. you know, he tells Leia, like, oh, yeah, they got into some trouble. I'll talk to you about it later. Um, and it's unclear, really, like, what Luke is up to. He's just living in the Imperial Palace and raising the kids. To- <laughs> I mean, as usual. Let's talk about Luke. <laughs> I, I changed. didn't hate Luke as much as I hated no, he him was, other. He was pretty fine once the Luke. once things got going. He was pretty fine. Yeah, but this might be our best has, Luke. This might be the best, which is you know, not saying much, <laughs> but like it might be our best Luke. Um. So yeah. So they the kids get in trouble. They they are at dinner with their parents, and then we have the scene with Luke going to visit Mon Mon Mothma has is like retired sort of but still kind of involved right because she stopped being head of state at the end of the jedi academy trilogy right, but she's still like around right she lives in the imperial palace and so she like calls luke up on the phone and is like hey like want to come by for a chat and he's like okay and he like talked you know in his head thinking about it, like how much she respects her and right and he's know. but he's also curious like why does she want to talk to me right because they don't have like oh they don't have like a relationship really, really. i could spend two hours talking about the scene <laughs> I was. <laughs> we're gonna have to go back to it, I guess, because we're gonna. Okay, so I have I mean, every detail of this scene. <laughs> we need to just like break it down. So basically, from like where Mon Mothma's room is in this palace, <laughs> <laughs> and like why Luke for this job? Anyway, so he goes to her, and we'll talk about this later. He goes to her, and she's basically like, "You are wasting your life away doing nothing. Yeah, you are useless. You bring nothing to the table. You are lazy." Have you noticed how hard Leia works? You do nothing. You think right, you're you better are. than her, but you are worse than her. <laughs> so I'm going to have you get help off Lando. your butt and do anything. Thing. You know, and the one thing you could do is help Lando with like a project, in quote. Yeah, <laughs> Lando's going to come to you and ask for help with a project, and God yeah, knows you're not, <laughs> God knows you are not busy. <laughs> right. And we can talk about why she's talking to Luke about this and how she even knows about Lando's project and why she is on board with this project. <laughs> it's a really troubling project. Later. Yeah. But We're anyway, the project. <laughs> so Lando has been like building a like community? Lando's just like trying to gentrify the lower levels of course. Yeah, that's, yeah, like it's called like Dome Town. Yeah, just like Dome in the like, underneath Underneath the city no. levels, right, where the feral people um, and the monsters live, he's trying to build like a right. domed living but, space. We're gonna have to talk about this too. He basically <laughs> tells Luke, "Hey, like, I'm just a guy who needs like a project. Like, if I'm not like moving on to the next thing, I'm not living. And so, I need money, money. so that yes. I can, so that my projects can like weather a setback. 
basically he right. says, you know, like, if I'd had mo- more money on Bespin, we could have right. lasted out the that. Imperials and we would have been fine. If I'd had more right. money on Kessel, you know, we could have lasted through the set. But the problem is that I'm not independently wealthy enough to sustain <laughs> a project through a right. setback. And so, so my solution, the obvious and clear solution that I have given rational thought to, work towards, and no one has told me is stupid yet. Yeah, my mom must support this decision. Is that I'm going to find an independently wealthy woman to marry for her money. Mm-hmm. Like, said, said this with the, you know, not sarcastically, <laughs> not thinking like, a hundred percent straight face. I and like I don't understand what he thinks these independently wealthy women are getting from this very uh transactional kind of marriage like Lando yeah, gets money makes- and I guess he thinks that he'll be further enriching them through his projects but his projects are nothing but a string of failures so I don't know why he thinks right, he's going to find a lady who's going to be on board with this um, so Luke is like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And Lando is basically just like, oh, come on, like, come with me to the first ten. Yeah, and he wants Luke to come because Luke is, like, famous and well-respected. And he's like, if, he, if the w- women see me with you, he has, like, a list of women, like, a yeah. really long list of And women. he's, like, ranked them from most yeah. to least preferable and in like, terms of who to marry money. You, you know, it'll make it seem a lot more legitimate yeah it'll be like really official they'll know that i'm not trying to pull a fast one you know as a right. you're the jedi master of the galaxy so you've got this really good reputation so like come and chaperone as i go according i've come to wipe right. it wealthily in padua <laughs> yeah oh my goodness <laughs> if wealthily then happily in padua yeah. like yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so that's their that's their pl- that's, so, yeah they, so they are doing that this whole book um, they visit uh, two women, um, and they're on their way to the third. Yeah, and we can come area. back to the women. Yeah, we'll come back because there's a vampire lady. That yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, so that's their bananas adventure, which, as I say, it seems like it's not real. <laughs> no, that should be a dream. Um, <laughs> that's what happens. But that but is. anyway, so the the solos um, pack up and go. To Corellia. And, um, and Belindy Kalinda is shot down on Corellia, or? Yeah, she's shot down, but she somehow has, like, amazing visuals. Like, she yeah. can see literally everything that's happening. Like, on she's the whole planet. Like, some sort of, like, the whole planet. Yeah, she's got some, like, really cool binoculars. I'm like, I don't know. I, like, at one point, I was like, how is she doing? <laughs> how is she doing this? Um, but she's shot down, and so she sees from the ground. That um, the Falcon is attacked by a bunch of like Corellian, right? Except, except it's not really attacked; it's like fake attacked. Yeah, like sort of just like a sort of distraction, like warning kind of. Yeah, it's like it's it's like fake attacked by pirates, so that the Corellian defense force can be seen. To the, by the people on the Falcon to be fighting off the pirates and thus, like, endear themselves, I think was the idea. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's like, we'll make you feel like the Corellian Defense Force saved you and then you'll love mm-hmm. us. Yeah. It never really came up again. No. Which is weird. Really. Um, 
So they make it there. Uh, and so then there. Belindy Kalinda, I'm going to say her <laughs> full name every time I can. Belindy Kalinda stakes out the villa that they've rented to live in. Yeah, they're like on the beach at first, right? They're yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she's like watching them and she can see them well enough that she's like, I'm not that great at reading lips, but like, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she stakes out the villa next door just to keep an eye on them, just to see what happens. I have no idea what her original mission to Corellia was, but no. whatever but it was, having yeah, crashed, she can't do it. And so she just sticks around to keep an eye on how things are going for yeah. the solos. Um, and Leia hires a tutor. A tutor. Who is a Drawlin? Drawlin, yeah. So there are three. So we learn quite a bit about Corellia. Um, it's a system I mean, of five it's, planets, and it's five planets made up of three different named species. Mm-hmm. The draw, which are like short and like very are they kind of, are they kind of like reptilianish? I, I might have imagined that. Yeah. I just know short, tall, and people. Like, that's all I've yeah, got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the tall Aryans, and they're called... Salonian. An S. So, what so, is it? Salonian. And then human. Um, and there's a lot of... sort, And, like, it's... Outside of Corellia, people don't really know exactly, like, what has been going on. Um, but there's a lot the of inter planetary tensions on yeah. on, Cor- on in the Corellian system. There's a lot of interspecies tension, sorry. Right. Within the yeah. Corellian system, there's a lot of fighting, infighting. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it seems to be going. just sort of like rumblings? Yeah, like nothing huge has happened yet, but it's kind of like tension has been building. Uh, and so... Yeah. They're kind of keeping that hidden. Oh, okay. So the drawl are not lizardy. They look like very buff meerkats. Oh. <laughs> I knew they were buff. They're like super buff meerkats with no tails. Yeah. So Leia, um, there's like a whole scene of her like interviewing. Yeah, it's very Mary Poppins. <laughs> like, yeah. Potential tutors who are also going to be like, um, guides yeah. to Corellia, or a guide to Corellia. So she ends up hiring this draw, um Who, much like Mary Poppins, just sort of walks in and is like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, right. Like, I got this. Yeah. And Leia's like, you're the one for the job. Yeah. And there's no nonsense. Um, but and, he's got a firm hand, but he's also really good with the kids, and he can tell right, what like, kind of educational experiences they'll respond to. And Yeah, yeah, he's very great. And so, he has a droid. He's got a sassy droid. His droid would be right yeah. in place in the new Star Wars movies. I was thinking that. That is, is a very, like, universe droid. Yeah. Um, and so they go, he takes the family to an archaeological site. Yeah, an, ar- an active archaeological dig. Oh, and Han is beat over the head and briefly oh. imprisoned in the street. <laughs> Yeah. Briefly. <laughs> yeah, Han is like some guys grab Han and they whack yeah. him over the head and he wakes up in a jail cell and they're like, This guy said he's Han Solo and someone else is like, right. He is Han Solo. The hidden leader says to let him go. 
And they're right. like, okay. And then they whack him on the head again and drop, drop and him off at him home. Out, yeah. And, and he doesn't really seem that bothered. <laughs> like, he's annoyed. Um, and he's like, who's the hidden leader? And the governor general of Corelli's like, no. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so they go to an archaeological yeah, dig happen. site. And they're just sort of walking around the archaeological dig. And Jason, Jana, and Anna, Jason and Jana notice that Anakin has just head off in a different direction right. from the group. So they follow him. Literally nobody notices at all. This is a tour of two adults, a drawl, a droid, and three children. So almost half of the group departs. Right, it's gone. And the children. And they're all the children. <laughs> all of the children are gone. Nobody notices except the droid who finds them. And Jason and Jaina are just watching Anakin wander the hallways. And he finds some kind of hidden compartment that goes into this shiny, gleaming hallway. And they start to climb in to wander around and then think better of it and go rejoin the adults. Right. Mention this to no one. No one. But they, like, know it's important. Like, they can sense that, like, this isn't important. Right. They know it's important, but they have no idea what it is. Mm -hmm. And they feel like the guy running the archaeological dig is untrustworthy. So, they eventually, they leave the villa and they end up, like, closer to the sort of, like, government. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's concerns about the sort of civil unrest. You're getting some, some marches and demonstrations in the streets yeah then they so i read this part today uh, i read it too (laughs) (laughs) okay so then uh, there's like an explosion wait marjade 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 oh oh, goodness (laughs) marjade so So yeah marjade is like she's pirating yeah, or around. like legal pirating. I'm not sure what her situation. Yeah, is. she's like the captain of a ship, and she runs a tight ship. Yeah, but her people like respect the heck out of her. Yeah, and she <laughs> really likes discipline and loyalty. Yeah, like no nonsense and don't talk back. And they don't. No, they're all they do um, just what so she, she says. Gets, she's been given or has found a sort of like message. That is meant a data cube. <laughs> Am I she that finds she finds a message cube that is addressed okay. to either <laughs> Leia Han or the Governor General Acrelia. Like those are the only three right. who can open it. And um, so she's like, "Well, we found this out here in the middle of outer space. Let's take it to Corellia and find out what the situation is." Yeah. So she yeah is headed to Corellia and she goes to Hanway at night and the kids are sort of like at the trade summit thing. Right, at the trade summit. And the kids sort of see her come in but are supposed to be asleep. At one point they're like, Oh, that's not me. Yeah. Um so yeah, so she shows up at the trade summit and she's like, Here's this data cube. Um I'd like to know what it says. Right. I'm like super curious and we completely changed our plans to come here so can you open it? Yeah. <laughs> Let me know. And so they open it and it's a message from the hidden leader whose voice sounds a lot like Han Solo's voice. What? <laughs> and, <laughs> what and the hidden leader tells them, gives them like a list of stars that he's going to blow up like on certain yeah. days. And the right. last one is the star of Corellia. And he's like, right. but don't tell the New Republic. Yeah. Um, and maybe he thought they were going to get that cube sooner than they did. Yeah. Because it seems like maybe the same night or very shortly thereafter, 
um, the Hidden Leaders group, which, are they the Human League? Yes, Human League, yeah. The Human League stage their, like, uprising and take over the government, and they install, like, an interceptor field or something around the whole system so that no one can jump into hyperspace, and the Hidden Leader unveils himself as the new ruler and he is han solo's evil cousin who looks exactly like han solo with a beard (laughs) that's why the the guys who like him over the head at one point were like very confused because he just looks exactly Exactly the same his name is thraken sol thraken sol solo right thraken sol solo yeah um, and so, yeah, he's his, like, bearded cousin. Yep. <laughs> evil, like, evil twin he's his, style. Yes. 1960s soap opera. Yeah. Same soap actor opera. with a mustache. Right. They just didn't want to spend the money to hire someone else. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he's the one who's been uh, sort of running this uprising and planning. Yeah, and Han asks Belindy Kalinda to get on a ship and jump into hyperspace to get a message to like Luke or Mon Mothma right, and Chewie tries to f- evacuate with the kids into hyperspace but because of the interceptor it's unclear if anybody's gonna get out of the system right, yeah. but it seems like probably not and I think Han and Leia have had to move in different directions as well yeah so- and Luke and because Luke and Leia were already kind of like planning to go to Kralia they at some point here that's like stuff's going on right they like, they get they're almost there and then it's right, like whoa there, that's yeah. like an interceptor field so we need to turn around and right go get help and so we end on sort of this cliffhanger mm-hmm. with the right. the family scattered on Corellia and uh evil twin cousin right it feels a lot like a soap opera it does yeah so where well, obviously, we have to start with the talk between okay. Luke and Mon Mothma. This is bananas. Okay. <laughs> I was screaming in my Yeah, this was completely insane. Um, so, <laughs> I guess... <laughs> Find the passage. I have to... I mean, it goes on for so many pages. It goes on for a really long time. And There's not even, like, one quote you can choose because it is, it is just okay. a whole chapter of just Mon Mothma... <laughs> Telling Luke, Luke ripping he is to shred you. <laughs> she just leaves like tatters of him on the floor. I mean, it is if she is off reading <laughs> other books. It's like she has been reading all of the books and she cannot take it anymore. So, so her sort of overarching. I mean, I we need to talk about. We do need to talk about what Luke is doing, because I do agree with her. <laughs> she's, she's very mean about it. She's not but wrong about any... Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> she's like, what are you... She says, tell me of your current circumstances. Um, and he says, as you know, the Jedi Academy is now well established. I still visit oh. from time to time, but the students are progressing well, and the first class has reached the point where they should be learning on their own, and indeed... Which they got there in two weeks, Wait. so... Oh my god. And indeed, some now spend as much time teaching the second and third class as they do learning. So you are not needed there. Not full time, no. To be there too much at this time. This is Can my I favorite. Interrupt? <laughs> yeah. Because Please. Okay, this is where I got really mad at Luke. And this is the only time <laughs> during the book that I got mad at Luke, which is a huge improvement. Progress. But, okay. He 
But what did we say? Five years ago? Yeah. Four years ago. It's five. Yeah. Five years max. Five years max established the Jedi Academy. Is the founder of this like institution Mm -hmm. that is part of the sort of like rebuilding Mm -hmm. of the New Republic. Five years. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to step away. You guys. You got it. Like, he, can you imagine? He doesn't, he's not even primarily based there. He checks in there every now and then. His next he, sentence, by the way, <laughs> to be there too much at this stage would be to distract from the process of learning. If, yeah, because you do nothing. <laughs> I try to teach people things. It would just distract them. Right. <laughs> because he's a terrible teacher. I mean, he would distract them. <laughs> But, 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 like, that's his job. Like, isn't that his job? <laughs> Apparently not. Like, he also at one point mentions that he doesn't have much money, so it really does sort of start to yeah, paint this like, picture of him, like, f- freeloading off of Leia. <laughs> yeah, and so, so Mon Mothma's, yeah, like, she, um, she's like, oh, no Grand Crusades, no desperate battles or heroic missions. Um, oh, she hates him so <laughs> No crisis, no trouble, no adventure, which means there's not much need for people who are good at dealing with crisis and trouble. There's just no call for adventurers these days, or for revolutionaries either. Do you know, Jedi Master, that I haven't been doing a great deal in myself in recent days? Yeah, she's like retirement age. Like That is another thing about Mon Mothma in this section, is that... She describes herself, and Luke seems to think of her as if she is like a wizened old crone. It's <laughs> like, not that much older than that. It's like right? she has been like 40. replaced with a witch who lives deep in the forest and doles out like cryptic advice to travelers. She talks about how her window in the Imperial Palace faces towards the sunset so that she never sees a sunrise but every day she sees the sunset and it's like right, a like, metaphor for how her life is coming to right, an end like at death's door she's like, like, I, so, this is a good question soon I'll be I'm, dead <laughs> soon. she's like maybe 20 years older than that maybe if you told me 10 I would 100% I would believe that, believe that. But let's say she's 20 and they're like 38 right they're yeah. like sort of approaching 40 yeah. she's like in her late 50s early 60s at at the absolute most. And I would put her more at 50. Like, I mean, she needs to take up gardening <laughs> and, like, or, like, bird watching. She needs to find, like, a retirement hobby. Yeah, no, like, anyway, she is so just her. sitting at the window <laughs> thinking <laughs> about death. Death, right? Every time. And about window. how much she or hates moves. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm not on her side with that. Her, so her main sort of like in and her like thinking, which to me was sort of crazy, but then I was like, I agree, is that she sort of broaches it like, so like she's like, you know, Leia, like she could she could be a really great Jedi, like if she if she put her mind to it and and you know made time for it. And Luke's like, yeah, but like she sort of like has chosen her path and like she's not gonna do it. And I was like, okay, yeah, but like that makes sense and. But, like, she has the potential, right? Like, it's there. And he's like, oh, yeah, like, she could, you know, maybe she'd do better than me. Like, who knows? And she's like, well, you know, if you're not being a Jedi and, like, that's sort of your thing, like, you could also take up the sort of, like, same thing that Leia's doing. <laughs> be a leader, right? Like, 
you know, you're like you're the Leia in this situation. Yeah, you're like, like honing. You're not. Your do, other yeah, side of he your says. Um, do you find it upsetting that your sister has great gifts and has not developed them? That she has yeah. not made use of them? Do you find it sometimes something close to a scandalous waste? Which Luke, this is a trap. Like you should yeah. not. Don't say. <laughs> she <laughs> loves Leia and she hates you. Yeah. Um, yes, he said in a slow, firm voice. Yes, I do. Yeah. Then, Luke Skywalker, I suggest you consider the fact right. that some mirrors reflect both ways. Suddenly, there was nothing remotely gentle or subdued about her voice or her manner. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard it time and time again from all sorts of people, she said, how the two of you are twins, how each of you inherited some potential, but only one of you made use of it, while the other chose to do something else, yeah. something less. People say, what a shame it is. And it is, and always it is Leia Organa Solo, the chief of state of the Republic, that they talk about. The chief of state, and they whisper that she has not done enough with herself. My point is that I think it is long past time for you to consider that Luke Skywalker made some choices as well. It's long past time to reflect on the fact that you have talents and potential that you never developed. <laughs> <laughs> Snap and deformation. Like, she is just... <laughs> giving it to him and he is taking it <laughs> yeah no she is like yeah so basically she's saying that like you know like everyone talks about how Leia like didn't decide not to become a Jedi and she's so much potential and he's like but like you're sitting here first of all not being a Jedi which is like what everyone sort of talks about in relationship to your success and like you know you probably have the same potential that Leia has to be like a leader and you're you know to sort of like be a politician and do some good in the new republic and you're just like sitting around twirling your thumbs doing god knows what <laughs> nothing Get useful whereas like <laughs> leia has made all kinds of sacrifices she's working every yeah. day to make the galaxy a better place and she gets treated like she's like lazy just because she's right, not developing she's right. her magical powers screw you and everyone who agrees with you yeah you know it was probably like Somebody that day said something, and Mon Mothma just set her off, and she's like, bring Luke Skywalker into my office right now. <laughs> she is like, like Professor McGonagall, yeah. like she's doing, or a Mother Superior kind of figure here. Yeah. Like, like, let's lay down the law. I have had it. it. Um, so that's all great, and I agree with what she's saying. Yeah. But then... She's like, I have a job for you. And it's to help Lando, right? <laughs> Find a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Which, so what happened? Did Lando, like, this is what I what I hope happened, and I don't think it is. But they were like, Lando was out at some bar, and my Mothma in her retirement was like, out having drinks, you know, doing like a 60 singles yeah, mixer. It's like a <laughs> Yeah, it's like when the Queen Mother went out for drinks with Tommy Lashes and yes, exactly. uh, Tommy Lashes and Prince <laughs> Philip in the one episode of the Queen. Right. Like it's an odd, it's an odd fit, but you would just you would give anything to know how yeah. that happened, and, right? And so they're just sitting around, and and she's like, "How are things going?" And he's like, "I'm working on this project." And she's like, "You have a job and ambition, like." Already, I love you ten times more than I've ever loved Luke. Yeah, she so. was already <laughs> mad at Luke when she... Yes, already mad. Like, someone and said something like, about how great Luke was and how Leia is such a disappointment, <laughs> and Mon Mothma, like, went out to a bar. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, haven't you explained it? And I was like, you know, I've been thinking about, like, the only way I can make my life work is to just, like, marry rich. And she's like, you know what? You should. If that's what you think you need. 
who am I to say no? I watch sunsets every day. You, I have to go think about death soon. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost time. Um, you know who would be a great person to help you do this? Luke Skywalker. And he make a list of the top five hundred women that you like to marry. Like, I want to see your plan. Like, show me, show me your proposal. I want a detailed proposal. And once you have your proposal, once you have your proposals proposed. Once you have your proposals, proposal proposed to me, to me then yeah. I will, I will get Luke Skywalker to help you with this. And yeah. And Lando's like, oh, you're like, Luke, he's got other things going on. I'm like, there's no way he has time for this. And she's like, uh, he has time or he will make time. Do not worry about it. I will get him to you. I will make him do this. And she just like comes through hundred <laughs> percent. But like, it's insane that she knows Lando is fit. Like, is Lando her buddy? Do they have like an I odd couple so. friendship? The mod off on this book and Lando, I feel like they would make the greatest team. Like they could and have. You know what? Maybe Mon Mothma is just like playing a cool joke on me, <laughs> and she's like, she thinks Lando's plan is ridiculous, but she's like, you know what? He needs to be taught a lesson. Yeah, like, Walker. He and thinks you know what? he's so special. Woman, fine, yeah, that'd be great. Who cares? You know, <laughs> this is only to punish Luke for being <laughs> so useless. <laughs> oh, and I mean, oh, again, I could talk about this for two hours. I. I guess we could just stick with Luke and we could segue into Lando's adventures yeah. in wife hunting. <laughs> first of all, Lando has sent out sort of a mass email to all of the rich women of the galaxy mm-hmm. and been like, hey, do you want to consider getting married? And let's yeah. say 15% of them RSVP. Like, yeah, let's chat, you know? Yeah, so he's a li- he tells Luke or he tries to get Luke to get him to go to ten different women, and Luke's like, no, and he's no. got a list of way more than ten. He's got a list of way more than that, and then finally Luke agrees to five, five. three or five. Um, he agrees to go to five. Um, and so they, for some reason, end up taking the droids. Luke brings them just to be spiteful. Yeah. Right. Like that is the whole thing. Luke just brings them because he yeah. kind of likes them, and he knows Lando thinks they're annoying. Right. Um, and so the first planet they go to um they're going to see this woman who was married to land like a friend of Lando's, like an acquaintance of his someone he knew yeah he knew like not well um, or knew of maybe right and he has since passed and so he sort of like has a connection to this woman um and so they go to this planet and mm-hmm. they leave the droids in the ship and everybody's acting just like Everyone around this lady's house is acting transparently super creeped out by this lady's yeah. house. Like, something's going on with this woman, 100%. Um, um, but Luke doesn't notice any kind of, like, ill intent or subterfuge coming no. off of her. Right, and there isn't. No. Um, it just turns out that she, so she's kind of on, when Lando says she's, like, on board, she's like, sure, let's, like, do it right now. Yeah, let's, right now. let's be married right now. And he's um, like, oh, what? You and know, she's like, like, you know, and I'll support you, you know, we've got... Yeah, yeah, you'll be supported, and... and it's totally you know, fine. Meanwhile, back on the ship, 3PO is freaking out, and they go... 3PO goes through this weird, like, screwball comedy thing, dragging him yeah. and R2 into a taxi to follow them to this house. To, like, <laughs> get in the cab. To stop. And I mean, they get into, like, a stereotypical, 
like 1980s 1990s new york city cab with yeah like a driver who's kind of gruff and annoyed with them and like the yeah, whole thing ridiculous. um but he keeps saying that like there's something we have to tell lando like there's something up with this woman but we don't as the reader know what it is uh, immediately and then flipping out. and luke is like hey lando maybe let's not get married to her right now maybe let's come back and get married in an hour or maybe right. let's <laughs> 10 minutes have a cooling off um, period and she and lando, lando are both really anything wrong with it. Yeah. super against it lando is quick to want to get married and they're starting the ceremony in the last second the droids burst in are like hey definitely don't marry that lady because yeah. she's a I don't know what they call her, but she calls yeah, herself, I think, a life bearer. A life bearer, yeah. So basically she um, sort of, like, attaches herself to a mate in a way that the mate um, sort of feeds off of her life. For five so years. They're, they're, right. For five, yeah, for five years. So, like, super healthy. There's going to be no health problems. Going to be super wealthy. Stay young for that time period. But once those five years are up... Um, she can't do it anymore. Right, she can't do it anymore, and the mate passes away. So the reason his friend had done it is because he had found out that he was uh, you know, terminally ill, and so he's like, well, in order to extend my life, like, I'll marry this woman, I'll have five right, years. Right, and that tends to be how it works, health. is that, like, older men who are right. at the end, or who are in poor health, or, you know, something like that, where, you know, you don't have long anyway, and rather than having your health slowly decline... You right. choose to, like, have five really good years and then just yeah. go out, like, painlessly all at once. Right. And she's not an evil no, she person at all. Assumed Lando like, understood. Right. Understood what this was. Um, but Lando was obviously not okay with that. And no. And so the first lady doesn't. And he's pretty embarrassed about the whole situation. Yeah, as he should be. Because he didn't, considering he made a list of people, he did not do any research. No. <laughs> it's not It's not a secret. Like, right, yeah. She, yeah, she wasn't trying to be, like, about it like, no it's like, like it's like he just like didn't read her dating profile like he just did the, the he just saw the picture and he was like okay and his friend recommended her <laughs> yeah so then they go to a different planet where the woman that he's interested in has gotten married yeah since they got in touch yeah. but she's also seemed like she would have been open to it this is also so before just to like backtrack a little i know we're spending a lot of time on this Lando, which is not the main plot of this book no um but so when luke first goes to lando and is talking about joining him on this ridiculous adventure luke mentions that he is flat broke yeah um, is there no like accountants in the store like how could that be i just feel like if you helped save the galaxy to the extent that luke did and you're married to you're not married and you're in the family with powerful people and you're running the jedi academy which apparently has some kind of loose affiliation with the right, government the Republic, yeah. like shouldn't he at least be like on a stipend shouldn't, shouldn't yeah, he just be like, taken care of i it just seems very strange like a strange thing to put out <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't seem like any other characters have any have kind any of problems. financial limitations or concerns yeah and <clears throat> it just like it really uh sort of like made mon mothma's ripping up of him even worse because it's sort of like 
you know, he doesn't have a job. He doesn't have any money. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, it really is like he is just sleeping on his sister's couch. Like, yeah, like disciplining the kids once in a while. But like, other than that, like, he's just so useless. Yeah, he's so doing useless. nothing. And even on this adventure with Lando, he's not contributing. No. He's not bringing anything he's helpful. Just being, like, Making snide comments about that was something I I mean aside from the fact that I don't like this idea at all because it is bananas and makes no sense no no sense at all I did not like it because it's a plot arc I mean it's supposed to be kind of like wacky and fun and I guess it kind of is at moments but it's just devoted to sending Luke and Lando on an intergalactic tour of objectifying women like they're constantly thinking about or talking about. Like, how these women look, whether or not they're sexy, like, whether or not they're rich. Like, it's just a very yeah. – it felt very kind of icky reading it as it continued on and on. Like, they're yeah. just constantly, like si- – even – and Luke is even doing it too, right? They're just constantly yeah. sizing women up based on their physical ac- physical and financial attributes. Um, yeah, it's really strange. And, like, you know, maybe in the next book when the third, like, it sort of comes – full circle but it doesn't really seem to have anything to do with what yeah so then they go to this one planet that i think is like one of the outlier planets in the corellian system yeah they're like near corellia so they're not on the main planet that the rest of them are on and they meet this lady and it's so weird because i understand that it's supposed to be portrayed as lando forming a more genuine bond or connection with someone but it just feels very weird so he meets this lady and lando thinks to himself like man most women i sleep with are way hotter than this dumpy broad but i like her (laughs) yeah but i have feelings (laughs) yeah but like after that vampire i don't want a sexy lady in my life now so you'll do ladies are scary So he, like, genuinely wants to get to know her. And he doesn't kiss her hand because he wants to be the real Lando with her. And Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's all very... It's, it's supposed to be this, like, <laughs> it's supposed to be this, like, I respect and friend you at first sight as opposed to... Right, as opposed to, yeah, being like, charming. Love and passion. But it's... And she's, you know, you can tell right away she can hold her own and she's yeah. smart. She's tough and... and- yeah. But kind and fun. It's just like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was yeah. a very sort of, well, here's the perfect woman. You know, right. my lady's you know, eyes are nothing like the sun, kind of. Three. Yeah. Three women. Rule of three. Yeah. Rule of three in arranged marriages. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but they're like, their courtship is sort of interrupted by. Right. They're having coffee, but it turns. So there's a couple of hangups. One is that she's not rich yet. They have to, you know, her father right. is the one who's rich. She, right. her father's old. He may not last that long. Who knows? But she is not right. independently wealthy. And right. she has to get her dad's permission to marry anybody in order not to disinherit herself. She thinks that she'd be able to talk her dad into Lando. No problem. But the planet that she lives on is apparently extremely xenophobic, and they had just that day outlawed marriage with people from off planet. Yeah. So. Real bad timing. (laughs) It is like a soap opera. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
more like a soap opera than I thought in this one. Yeah, so Luke and Lando get kicked off the planet, and Lando's yeah. like, but I was just starting to become best friends with you. So yeah. he comes up with this weird thing of like, you send a Morse code signal to the moon, and I'll be there on the moon listening for your signal, or I'll send you a Morse code signal from the moon, or something. It was some kind of signaling idea (laughs) that was sort of low-tech and involved the planet's moon. Um, So that was their thing. And that gets all interrupted by what what ends up happening. Lando Um, in the Expanded Universe has taken a hit recently after his, like, serial sexual harassment of Mara Jade and now his, like, very troubling uh, courtship arc. He was so good in the Han Solo trilogy, and yeah, it's been really it's been a rough ride for Lando here. Yeah, um, I know. I I feel like maybe writers don't know what to do with it. I think it seems like they're trying to force him into the kind of like comic relief. Yeah, but it doesn't quite work when it's so icky. Yeah, they put him in a lot. They make him very icky in a way that I never felt like he came off as icky in the in the movies. Yeah, in the I movies, I felt like Lando was really, like, in on those jokes. And in yeah. the books, he's, like, a figure that's, he's, like, a ridiculous figure. He's not, like, right. substantive yeah. at all. Um, yeah. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. So. We should talk about the kids. Thank you. I was just about to say that. Okay. <laughs> it was on the exact same page. <laughs> so, I feel like everyone is doing a terrible job raising these children. Yeah, <laughs> and there's not a not a book that's gone by. I, I mean, Crystal Star was all crisis, and no, I mean, I will say, <laughs> I will say that this book, in a way that no other book I think we've read does, is like, has the family actually spent time together? Yes, which they have refreshing. dinner as a family. They yeah, travel they, as a family. Right, they are only separated at the very end of this book, like. They're not scattered to the wind immediately. Yeah. Like, there is something nice about, like, seeing them together. Yeah, you get a family. glimpse of what a daily routine for this family looks like. Yeah. Um, but as so far that, as I, I can tell, <laughs> which I do like, terrible job. <laughs> which I do like that, but as far as I can tell, the daily routine for this family is that uh, the children are unsupervised 80 to 90% of the time, minimum. They do things that they know, they do destructive things that they know they are not supposed to do, and they face some sort of minimal consequences, and then nothing, there doesn't seem to be anyone trying to make any sort of meaningful intervention. Like, if you have a world where droids are, for all intents and purposes, sentient, and then you have mm. eight-year-olds with a six-year-old who bring a droid to life right, right, just to have right. it explode in a fiery death that could burn down the building yeah. seconds later and could have killed them. I think that warrants, like, a stronger intervention than yeah. Luke kind of shaking his head and clucking his tongue at him. Yeah, like, at least a time out. <laughs> <laughs> Do yeah. something. And it just... Maybe, and I think that goes to my point about this book doing a lot of, like, telling, not showing. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of scenes where characters choose not to say anything because they 
feel like they already know what the other person would say in response. And so right. then, like, a scene that could happen does not happen. Yeah. So, like, Jaina knew that Jaina wanted to say X, but she knew her father would just say Y. And she knew when her father said things like Y, her mother would always mm-hmm. say Z. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead, yeah. she just went yeah. to her room. So it was like a lot of that. I was like, well, why can't it? Like, it's I don't already know all that about them, right? I haven't seen these conversations transpire. Right, so let's watch a conversation. Could we watch a conversation? Because it just sort of feels like this is a family of people who have all given up on each other. Yes. Like, no one, like, like, the parents are both thinking, like, well, these kids will never listen to anything we say to them anyway, so we barely bother saying anything to them. And the kids are like, well, we know what our, like, everyone assumes that everyone else knows what they're going to say, and there's very little effort made at. Yeah, there's no time. And there's a lot of, like, in that vein of sort of, like, feeling like they're giving up. Like, Leia multiple times has spoken. Thinks to herself, like, you know, when they're being good, they're my kids. And when they're being bad, they're Han's kids. Like, just sort of, like, brushing off their terrible behavior um, as just, like, this is who they are. Like, there's no changing. Yeah. It's in their DNA. Like, they just. Yeah. And I don't know. You could, like. Why don't you take these kids to volunteer at homeless shelter with just planet must have many of. Or just. Give them other kids their own age. Yeah, give them kids to hang with. out with so that they could face social consequences for being jerks. Or yeah, I mean, this is the other thing. That, then send them to school. Are there schools on this school. planet? Why aren't there schools? <laughs> no schools anywhere. It's just like either a nanny droid or you know the drawl who seems like the best option, but he's not with them all the time. No, the drawl <laughs> seems like he could, fi- he, I feel like the drawl could get the situation under control. I think yeah, he should stick around. wherever we go. <laughs> Keep this guy on board. The other thing that was confusing to me, and I think this is like a timeline, like, when the books were written kind of thing, but like, the individual personalities of these children, which in Young Jedi Knights gets established you know, sort of clunkily, but like, you know, Gina's really good at mechanics. And it, it happens in Crystal Star yes. initially, right? That like, Gina is really good at like, you know, playing around with machines and Jason, Jason is good with has, animals. Like, right, a relationship with animals and like, Anakin is good at puzzle, right? Puzzling out things. But here, it seems like Anakin's the only one with any skill. And Anakin's good at everything. Everything. Yeah. And so the opening scene with them with the droid is like Anakin is the one who was propelling this activity. And right, Anakin the was the one who knew to how to do. do it. He was telling them what to do. At one point, he tells them like, "Oh, like this part of the droid is broken." And Jason's like, "Well, can you fix it?" And he's like, "Well, I can fix it a little bit, but not all the way." And, but there's yeah. no like, "Well, why don't you guys all hold my hands and we'll work on it together?" or Anything like that? Yeah. Like, and they, they are like watching him. They, they are really along just, like, for the ride with Force Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, and so I, I mean, maybe this is, I, I don't really remember, and I only read one of, you know, maybe three at the most of the new Jedi Order books. Um, but, but when, when did it get established that Anakin, Anakin is like, you know, this sort of like very, you know, different kind of total weirdo? Yeah, I mean, they literally say weirdo. Well, I mean, like, at one point, I think it's Jason, 
it could be Jaina. One of the kids thinks Anakin marches to the beat of a drum no one was playing at all. Yeah. Like, it's like really awful. It's like not even his he own just, drum. like made up words for things that yeah. like he just like makes up in his head and then just assumes that everyone knows what he's talking about. Like he's on a different. Yeah. And his parents are just like, oh, you sweet baby angel. Like no one's curious. Yeah. And uh, it's just very, it's very strange. And, well, and it just. I mean, we got in. In Young Jedi Knights, we got that Tinoka thought Anakin was a big weirdo. Um, but yes. in, but in those books, he was just sort of like quiet and kind of placid and docile, yeah. but also very a, sweet. Angel. <laughs> <laughs> a complete angel and 100% capable of normal human communication. Yeah, and yeah, he didn't, you know, no one was calling him a weirdo. Like, he, yeah, he's going to be a little more fine, maybe a little more like attached to his parents. Like, less independent than teenagers. And the other thing that sort of bothered me about it was that because of the focus on Anakin, I was just like, weird. <laughs> Gene and Jason had, to me, zero personality. Right. No, they were completely interchangeable. I know that early on when they were working on the droid, uh, I think Jaina mentioned that Jason was, like, more comfortable doing stuff with animals than this kind of thing. Yeah, but that's like as much as we get. But that's as much as we get differentiating them. There's um, yeah, they're they're pretty. You know, you could switch their lines. You know, the sort of like internal monologues, and it would just I think make zero difference. Yeah. No. Um, the other thing that I thought, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of <laughs> a lot of passages in this book. The other thing is that they all share one room. Yes, they do. Together. Yeah. Which, like, they're still pretty young, so like that's not. Well, and they say that they've tried putting them in different rooms, yeah, the parents, but the kids, like, high. gravitate back towards being in the same room. But I think it would be healthy if they were Yeah, maybe if they knew other children and individuated yeah. a little bit. Right, and had, like, an individual personality, because I think, I think when I share a room, it's just, like, Jane and Jason in a corner, and Anakin just, like... <laughs> yeah, it's, like, Jason and Jaina have the room, and Anakin has, like, an attached alcove. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And he's just like in there doing God knows what. <laughs> it's like two kids who are like at this, the path that they're on, which we know is not necessarily the path that they stay on, but these kids are eight years old and the way that they're coming across is like they're just going to be twins who live in the same, who have the same room together yeah. forever and just like isolate from the world and get weirder and weirder and weirder. And yeah. Anakin, who is like their pet raccoon. Like, <laughs> just like a look at yeah, it's just, it's all very, you know, and I, and I do, again, give this book credit for actually tackling because the first, or one of the first times we are with Leia and sort of have her in a monologue, like, she is really thinking through, like, parenting and is she doing a good job and, like. And I mean, she kind of, I mean, I've got, I'm looking at the page right now, she kind of is facing, and apparently this goes through her head a lot. That she does not know how to raise children in, like, a loving and close family. And yeah. no one in their household or family has any experience with that. And Right. I mean, it's actually a pretty negative description of Bail Organa, which I was a little bummed by. They say that yeah. she saw now just how much of her childhood had been spent being told to be quiet and not to fidget during state ten- dinners being constantly handed off to nannies and guardians when her father was too busy. She had far more meals with droids and servants than with Bail Organa. Han didn't say much about his own childhood or about much of anything of his life before leaving Corellia. Uh, 
Luke came the closest from having a normal upbringing, but a moisture farm must have been a pretty lonely place for a child to grow up on. And then they say that Owen and Baru had posed as Luke's aunt and uncle. They weren't yeah, really his aunt and uncle. Right. And as best Leia understood, they had been kind to Luke, but in a distant sort of way. There had never been the closeness, the warmth Leia wanted for her own children. It didn't escape Leia's notice that neither she nor her brother had actually been adopted by the people who raised them. Um, so yeah, that was disturbing. This, this mean, thing about like Leia being treated as a foster daughter rather than a real daughter, and Luke right. being treated as a nephew rather than a son, even though like they weren't really his aunt and uncle, so they could have been whatever to him. Baru loved that sweet baby angel. Baru was taking such good care of him. She was. Yeah, she true. understood that, like, he wanted to go to the academy. Like, that is a slander on Baru, who deserved. Yeah, and a slander on Bail Organa, who I think in subsequent appearances, I never got the impression that he Bail Organa. Are you, he's Jimmy Smith? He's a saint. Like, yeah, he, he, you know, he loved that he, girl. He loved that, that baby. She's yeah, so in like the promotion. He so much didn't want to be away from her that she was in the promotional video for Alderaan about yeah. it. <laughs> He's like on her lap, on his lap. Yeah, like, yeah, that's just not, that is an interpretation that I, I just don't think is. And like Han, yes, Han had a terrible, terrible childhood. childhood. But like yeah. Leia had a great childhood. Come on. And Luke was, you know, definitely in isolation a lot of the time but he was loved by those yeah, people. Yeah. <laughs> those I mean, yeah, Owen was kind of a gruff guy, but I mean Yeah, but I don't get the sense that he didn't love. Him. No, and Luke <laughs> was just a, a very whiny daydreamer. Like you got to crack the yeah, whip on I mean, that a little bit. If, if you're going to get the moisture farmed. Yeah. Leia also mentions that every time one of her children acted out even a little bit that she was frightened or paranoid that it was a sign they were falling to the dark side side. so i mean this sort of like i just feel like you gotta get a family therapist in there someone who really knows about childhood development to work with every member of this household yeah Uh, yeah i think i think there needs to be like the kids need help leia needs help han needs help luke god knows he needs help if he wants to be part of this then fine he needs to maybe just like yeah he's on another level of but i mean this idea that leia is like well none of us know what love is for children and right good luck none of us have been loved (laughs) and also i emotionally distance myself from my children anytime they aggravate me at all like it's yeah yeah it's troubling there yeah this is a very troubling situation for these kids like no wonder these kids are acting out all the time yeah right yeah yeah it's 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 and why are their parents taking them to what appears to be the collapse of the soviet union yeah yeah and like han has an explicit warning from somebody saying this is dangerous yeah and still they're bringing their kids on this like vacation it'll probably be fine that's another thing is that that was another of the showing or the telling not showing thing is that we get a couple of very lengthy scenes of somebody just like sitting down and exposition dumping on the characters, like what's going on yeah. politically on this pl- planet. Yeah, so like, Han, yeah, on the Falcon Han or Jane asks, like, where are we going? And like, what is it all about? And he just basically like 
Yeah, like just explains like the just like reads of the Wikipedia Corellia. article for Corellia, and then later on when they're actually on Corellia and there are people doing some kind of march, the governor general does this other huge yeah thing about like, well, here's you know what people are thinking politically, and here's what's going on, and here's the infighting, and this and that. But yeah. the, and they make a big point of saying like, well, these people are just a few rabble rousers, and most of the people of Corellia don't agree with them, and it's also it's like why. Instead of having this conversation inside while people are marching outside, why not have, like, a character who is caught outside ends up in conversation with the marchers, involved some way, finds out what's going on by actually interacting with it? That part actually felt very, like, Star Trek to me, where it's like, let's all sit around in a room and talk about the political dynamics of a planet where everybody really wants peace, but there's a few people causing trouble. And I mean, and Laven is like, well, maybe what we need to do is just militarily occupy this planet and go back to being yeah. strong men to keep these people in line. Um, and then she's basically just like, well, but we can't afford it. So we're going to have to do something else. Yeah. And I guess it kind of, it's a little bit like with Timothy's on. And I feel like some of these early, uh, especially like the earlier uh, EU books that they were just, like, recruiting people who had experience writing science fiction. And I yeah. don't think experience writing science fiction always maps all that neatly onto right, Star Wars. Yeah, probably. Oh, there was another thing, was that Chewie doesn't get any dialogue at all. Even yeah. when we're from Han's perspective, we just get, like in the movies, Han's responses to Chewie. Yeah, we're not getting any indications of what Chewie said. And it was yeah. making me insane. Yeah. There, that seems to be a ongoing, uh, not problem, but like no, but there's not one author I think that does Chewie the same. As no, the other. there's a lot of variation on how Chewie gets treated, and in this one he was much more like it was sort of like with Timothy Zahn, right, where Chewbacca is yeah. like a a dog rather than like a character. Yeah, my character, yeah, yeah, and I'll be interested because he he is um, off at this point with the kids, off with the kids, and so it'll be interesting to see like what happens yeah um with him and, and the kids in the next book um but yeah Chewie I yeah I think of all the characters in the expanded universe Chewie he was really getting a short shrift here I yeah bothered. and does I think in a lot of the books except maybe except Han Solo yeah in Han Solo trilogy he's he's perfect Han calls Jason sport and yeah. Jane a prince which like prince is a sort of like because that's what he called Leia like Right, Leia was a princess, and but sport, <laughs> like in the Star Wars, you know? in the Star Wars. Also, I just feel like sport is something that Han could only say sarcastically. Yeah, like not in a genuine like. It doesn't seem like. Well, also, I know that there have been people who genuinely call their kids sport, but I feel like it's more a sarcastic nickname. Yeah, it's like I feel like, like it's leave it, leave like it to Beaver. Yeah, genuinely, but other than that, like. I don't know, when when my daughter is, like, bossing me around, I'll sometimes call her coach, which I feel like is yeah. the same kind of thing. Like, yeah, I feel like yeah, he's yeah. in the same, like, all right, sport, like, chill yeah, out yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, so weird to read it on a page. Also, dominoes is a thing in not yeah, pizza. Yeah, but like, they don't but call the them dominoes. No, they're like, you know that game with the... Where you set up tiles to- next to each other? Right, and they, uh, they knock over... <laughs> Like, oh, you mean dominoes? Like, why can't, like, why can't you call them dominoes? <laughs> yeah. This is like checking, call him sport. this is like when you're like, checking your chrono, but yeah. you talk about wolves, like, pick a right. side. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, we'll forgive you, but you're just- telling me that wolves, wolves, a thing that evolved on the planet Earth for our specific <laughs> environment, those you have in outer space, but you couldn't make dominoes <laughs> or dominoes. watches. Yeah, <laughs> completely man-made objects. <laughs> Luke Do takes off. Of- Luke takes off his cloak like a preschooler. He just like yeah. shrugs it off and lets it fall on the ground behind him. I mean, he's also just a mess. He's not off this all's apartment, and it's just like covered in dirty dishes and like laundry. He and just like, like I- drops things on the floor where they were. Like if yeah. Luke spills something, he just puts a paper towel over yeah, it. Over it. Yeah. And, like walks like, get it away. Later. Like he thinks that counts. And, like that's clean now. Yeah. He, like, you can't walk in his apartment. <laughs> messes everywhere. Oh my gosh. That would, that would be I want, like, a Star Wars Hoarders episode trying to clear <laughs> Luke. out Luke's yeah, apartment like, in the Imperial Palace. For, like, life day one year, Leia got him, like, a cleaning lady who would, like, come every week, and the cleaning lady was like, I can't. Like, I can't do this. I can't or, like, clean, a professional, like, like organizer. <laughs> like, an organizing service. Like, the boxes, and, like, and they gave up, too. Putting, like, <laughs> the dividers in the drawers. Yeah. Oh, my oh, gosh. Luke. Oh, Luke. God, he's <laughs> yeah, such a he's mess. A mess. And again, this is probably the best Luke we've got. So I think the best Luke we've had. Um, <laughs> That's a real shame. And he can read Jawa. He's literate That's in right. Jawa. Yeah, because one of the languages on the like data cube, right? Is, it was Jawa, Jawa, like to get his attention. Yeah, they need to make a friend. I think they. they need I to mean, be, the thing is, too. they're gonna make friends with Zek before too long in their life, and that's gonna be it. Like yeah, they, they need a friend that's it for a while. They're in three years. They're gonna make friends with Zek, and I mean, after that, really, you know, it, I, I've said it before. It's no wonder. No, two out of three of these kids fall to the dark side, and you know it. It's just, and and I'm interested. I'm interested in the trajectory because. By the time you get to the new Jedi Order, all of these books have already been written. That's a pretty late uh, yeah. installment. And so I don't remember in those books that sort of um, setup of like Anakin being a weird. A weird. <laughs> I mean, he's sort of like sectioned off for other reasons, one of which is that he's not one of the twins. And then there are other things that happen in those books that... Um, we'll get to but but like this this anakin is not familiar <laughs> no to me no at all. this anakin is not like an angel and he's not i mean he's just this yeah, he kid is, is just like a horror movie child yeah he is a, a demon possessed horror movie child where everyone watching is like how do you guys not know there's something wrong with this kid um yeah. i mean he's not like malevolent but there's even one point where jason points out that like Everyone at the table was being dishonest about something. And Jane is like, well, not Anakin. And Jason says, well, no, because Anakin let us take the fall for the droid thing, even though it was his yeah. idea. And Jane was like, does he even know it was his idea? How can we tell if Anakin is being honest or lying? Does Anakin yeah. know things like facts and history? It, <laughs> it, really, it really made me think that there was at least some discussion or notion that Anakin was going to be, like, of all the three solo kids, the one to fall to the dark side. Like, the setup of him as this sort of, like, weird, like... Oh, wait, that just rang a bell in my head. Oh, my gosh. I think that that was the plan, that Anakin was going to be the one 
who falls to the dark side and goes bad. But then the prequel movies came out, and because the prequel movies were about Anakin Skywalker falling to the dark side, George Lucas George Lucas didn't want them duplicating the same arc for the Anakin in the book, and that's why they that's why they shifted it. And so around the time that the yeah around the time the prequel movies came out, Anakin became a much less important character in the books. Yeah, because I think Rogue Planet was. No, not Rogue Planet. I forget what it's called. The first book in the New Jedi Order, spoiler alert, is Chewbacca dies at the end of that book, and it's, like, partially, like, Anakin has something, not, you know, consciously he's not trying to kill, but, like, I think Chewbacca dies sitting Anakin, if I remember correctly. I think so. so, Like, there's some, yeah, some perceived responsibility. Right, and Han ends up being... Like, he ices out Anakin for a while. And then Anakin eventually... Um, ends up dying in one of the later books. And so, yeah, that sort of makes sense that they kind of were just like, okay, we need to like separate. Yeah, they just sort of steered Anakin off of him. This, and then Jaina falls to the dark side first, and then eventually. Or she's, she, I don't know if she ever falls totally to the dark side, totally, or if she's she just goes, like on the edge a little a bit. Yeah, and then comes back, and then Jason ends up being the one. Yeah, who, who goes full, full Darth. Side. But yeah, it does, that does make sense. And it, it makes sense to, is it the comics that I get confused with? Where is it that there's the clone of the Emperor and Anakin gets possessed? Baby Anakin. I think that's in a comic. I think it's a comic too. Um, Unless there's but, some books that we are just missing out on. But there's definitely I it's a comic. at some point where a, the resurrected... Or the the ghost of the emperor is trying to possess baby Anakin and like needs to touch him somehow. Yeah, I think that's a comment. So yeah, it does seem like they were sort of posing this. There was a lot of focus on Anakin. On Anakin and that doesn't. I wonder if when Anakin first appears, like, is there a book where Leia is pregnant with Anakin? I don't know we because need to do a research on that. yeah, I think we need to look into Anakin more because he definitely is being positioned and he just gets sort of dropped. I think. Um, yeah, but again, you think of like you know, Jedi Knights, he sort of, I mean, eventually kind of becomes part of the group, but sort of. I mean, even the fact that he is named Anakin. Anakin. And there are, I mean, maybe it was in Toronto, yes, I remember now. But I know there's points where Leia's like, was that a bad idea? Yeah, maybe <laughs> we like shouldn't name him that. Like, maybe that would yeah. be weird. Yeah, there is Okay. Um, I will say also, this is a little bit different. Uh, tangent, but I, I appreciate it, and I know it's not true. But at the beginning of the book, Leia is sort of thinking about like how this is a generally pretty peaceful time for the New Republic, and she's like, "There really are like zero remaints of the Empire," <laughs> and I'm like, "Slow so your roll way down, lady." But I did like, in the same way that the Crystal Star, um, you know, even though it's this sort of like big crisis situation, right? It's very separated from the like bringing the empire back what yeah but i wish every other book seems they could have chilled on that even a little i mean yeah it seems like they never fully do until you get to i guess new jedi order things are kind of yeah. different yeah but this one didn't quite have the same like it didn't that constant sort of like somebody from the empire like yeah, some ride. sort of nice for that. Some admiral, some general, some whatever yeah, who yeah. 
you know, you we know you never heard of before, but it turns out they were secretly so the most important. important one the whole yeah. time. You know they were serious because they were a woman or an alien, and the Empire right. didn't like women or aliens. <laughs> I mean, so like, he, he loved this one. <laughs> this one was always so respect. I, it's it got yeah. done a few times. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's happened a few times. Um, but I did appreciate that. And I also appreciated the sort of like pace of this book. Yeah. Because we weren't bouncing. I mean, other than Milanjo and Luke, although it sort of made sense because of, I mean, it didn't make sense, but the plot that they were following it sort of made sense for them to be jumping around. But everyone else, it was like, you know, they were on the Falcon for like a good amount of time. Like you, you got the sense that, that the kids were getting sort of cabin fever, right? That like, it sort of develops. You didn't have that same like, we're on this planet, and then we're immediately on this planet, and then we're going to this yeah, planet. Yeah, it took time to move from one planet to another. Right. Which is like it should take time. Like, and they say that it's going to take like a couple, like a couple of full days for on the Falcon for them to get to Crowley, and you like feel that in the chapters that they're like on yeah. the ship for a while. Um, yeah. No, this book was successfully structured as a book. Like, yes. Yeah, and you know this was a book. It had a beginning, a middle, of an end. There was momentum. There was yeah, a there was setting, some character development. I mean, not like a ton, but but some mild character development. Mild character development we had a lot of a lot of insight into what's going on in Mar Mothma's life, and I want yeah, which is way like, way I more. Would, I would do a whole book of her day, like her getting up, not seeing the sunrise, <laughs> no. and then just like going about her day. Yeah, just in painstaking detail. Right. 250 days, 250 pages, one day in, a, one in day Mon Mothma's life where nothing of importance happens. happens. And mostly it's her journaling about how much she hates you. <laughs> and I would be like really happy with that. I mean, it, it makes... Uh, not to go back to that, but like I get it, but wow. wow! I mean, that was a full chapter. That was Those literally a chapter gorgeous. that was and nothing Luke, but Mon Mothma dragging Luke, and Luke like goes into that meeting being like, "I'm gonna respect this lady. Like, you know, she's great. Like, this." Is I wonder why this hero of the rebellion, who I've always looked up to, wants to talk to me. Talk to me, and like you could just like in the pages of her just like ripping him, just like imagine his jaw dropping, <laughs> just being like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and she says, like, I know you must be wondering why I asked you here so I could be so rude to you. And that is, like, a third of the way into the chapter. She's got a lot more to say. Yeah. And I agree, I, you know. No, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. And, you know, I, when she's talking, to, or when he was talking about, like, you know, the Jedi Academy, like, the first years, second They're years, better without me. Uh, all I thought was, like, poor Tion. Like, oh, she's just there trying to hold it down. And she's so nice, and she's not going to be like, "Hey, Luke, like we actually no, need someone." But to she's come like, here. she's telling herself, like, you know, he's a hero. He's doing something really important. Once he gets right. back, like, then I can talk to him about it. Then it'll be fine. Right. But yeah. she's going to live the, the rest of is, her life there. You know, as we have found out, his success rate of turning out Jedi is like maybe twenty five percent. Like, maybe <laughs> in a great. good year. So there's not that many people who are <laughs> capable of taking over. No. And like is he still recruiting students? Like he could you know, he doesn't have to work super hard. He could sort of be like the face of the school and Yeah. Do like recruiting 
Oh, it would take so little effort for him to be like the Dumbledore of the Jedi Academy, where he's like, you don't teach classes, you come out and you're a little bit kooky, but everybody loves you, and in a crisis, there you are, right? Right. Which is like, what if he's to be a principal? Like that—that's what he's supposed to be doing: making some personnel decisions, weighing in, like fundraising, weighing in at like the really dramatic moments. Sometimes, sometimes he's unavailable, but mostly not because it is his school. School organize a bake sale, (laughs) something contribute. But get a sports day going. <laughs> day. Like, you know, I, I don't know. You don't Anything. Have to, like, See who can throw a rock with the force the furthest. You know what? When Mon Mothma, who's not force sensitive, asks, what are you doing with your life? You lie. And you say, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know to be ashamed of how nothing he's doing. Yeah. You say, well, I got this going on and I'm planning to do this and the Jedi Academy and I'm swamped. Like, do like. <laughs> Get the tone of that meeting immediately. Yeah, no, like, it, at least it was, yeah, read the room, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, Luke Skywalker should be able to read a room. Luke Skywalker not. cannot recognize Venom when it is spitting in his face. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> and awesome. And, oh, I was obsessed. It was amazing. And I want ten more scenes of that. <laughs> I happening. want Mon Mothma to summon every individual character into <laughs> her room to tell them what she really thinks of them. Everyone in the Star Wars universe. I just had a thought. Maybe she was having dinner with Leia. Oh. And, like, they're good friends. And Leia and was really, were... like, tearing herself down. Yeah, and she was like, you know, I feel really guilty, you know, that I haven't taken the time to, like, Luke keeps giving me crap about it. He's making yeah. all these passive-aggressive comments. And I feel really down. And Mon Mothma's like... She got, like, a little bit teary-eyed. Like, she wouldn't cry yeah. in front of Mon Mothma, but, like, yeah. there was, like, a slight halt. There's, like, that little catch in her voice. Yeah. And Mon Mothma's like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. <laughs> I'm gonna fix this for you. And she found the most ridiculous mission. <laughs> he will never say anything to you about this again. So yeah. first, maybe she suggested to Lando that he find a rich woman to marry. Yeah, I yeah, just to like make Luke It's like first I'm gonna tell Luke everything I think of him and then I'm gonna send him on the most humiliating mission he could possibly be doing. From literally saving the galaxy to finding this like fop a rich lady to marry. The (laughs) the oldest, tiniest kind of plot story. He will he will suffer for what he's done. (laughs) (laughs) And I will make sure of it. (laughs) So we're gonna gonna do this to Han. Anytime. You name the time and the place. I know he's not because doing Han anything. Is also not doing it. I know he's doing nothing. Luke even says, like, yeah, Han and I have nothing going on. Han will probably find something to do eventually. Right. And Mon Moth and Mon was like, oh, I'm not worried about Han. Like, this yeah. is, we're talking about you here, mister. I, I, I just think of all these authors, like, nobody can find anything from Han. No one can find anything. <laughs> Han does nothing. But Tinker on the Falcon. It would be like, why can't he do like the like the old men do who have like the nice antique cars and they work on them, but then they yeah. bring all the antique cars to the same place and enjoy antique cars together. Yeah, like a car show or like a charity, start a, some kind of charity. Or- yeah, like why can't Han segue his passion for the Falcon into anything other than just like than just the Falcon being and alone in a garage. In this book, they talk about how they're probably eventually going to donate it to a museum. 
Yeah. And I'm like, you can't do that because Han will <laughs> literally have nothing to say. Yeah, like, there would be nothing for him. He will just he, sit in a room. He might starve. Like. Yeah, yeah, he might go insane. He just doesn't have anything to do. And also Chewie, like. No, <laughs> like, there's nothing. Yeah, I mean, I just, Leia cannot be the only one with a job. Like, no, and she's the only one with a job, and it's the hardest job. Like, she's constantly just. World, and she's under so much pressure and so much stress, and she's, like, maybe Han should be a full-time dad. Yeah, he's not doing any work with these kids at all. <laughs> no. It's like he doesn't understand them, so he's just like, well, they're force-sensitive. What am I going to do? It's probably hard. It's hard to write kids, I'm sure. Yeah. But I, it, they don't feel that much like kids. They feel just sort of like short adults. Like, I would like the kids yeah. to be more childish in their ways. Yeah. Or more explanation why they're not. Yeah. You know? Either or. And more personality. Yeah. Good, I mean, but, but overall. Overall still thumbs up. improvement from the font. <laughs> oh, huge. These are, again, books. These are books. And Structurally, reads, books. And, and they are perfectly pleasant to read. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was not, yeah. I was not delighted by them, but yeah. I was not unhappy with them. Yeah, I wasn't angry. Yeah. Not I was angry. totally calm. <laughs> at no point <laughs> totally. did I, <laughs> at no point did I, like, cry, cry out in outrage or anguish. Yeah. I didn't have to put the book down and, yeah. like, pace around Walk the room. Away. Yeah. I didn't it throw like, it. Extended scenes of, like, military anything or no it was it was okay right on that stuff yeah so all in all no like if this is a solid like kill an afternoon kind of book yeah and i think they're all you know none of them are six hundred pages. thank <laughs> god yeah, now they are totally following my this is like a tight 90 minute movie version of a star wars novel yes which is what sure. the goal should be yeah aim for that Casablanca is like ninety two minutes long. You don't yeah, need minutes. you don't need two hours and twenty five minutes to tell me about Captain America. Like just no. calm down. I can't remember all of it anyway. Oh jeez. Right. <laughs> what happened at the beginning? You don't need to fight for twenty minutes. I know who's gonna win. Oh right, we could do a whole podcast about why Captain America the Winter Soldier fight. is too long and Marvel <laughs> fight scenes need to calm down. Yeah, but for another day, another time. We will we'll be back. That. We'll be back soon for assault at yeah. Salonia. Thanks yeah. for hanging out in the break. And yeah, and keep them coming. We're excited. Oh my god! Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you would like more information, please check out our website, adolescenceafteralderon.wordpress.com for show notes and info about upcoming episodes. We're also on Twitter, after underscore Alderon. We're on Instagram, Adolescence After Alderon. And if you would like to touch base with us, ask questions, participate in the conversation, you can email us at adolescenceafteralderon at gmail.com. Thanks so much.